Welcome everyone to the Reinvent Relevance podcast, where we dive headfirst into what it takes to move you from where you are in your career right now to where you want to be. We call this reinventing your relevance, embracing the winds of change to do work worth doing. I'm your host, Jason Mutzfeld, and joining me today is Dwan Wilcher. He is the Executive Program Director at the Travis Mannion Foundation, uh, and he's a formal Naval officer. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, see, I'm shook. Hold on just a second. Oh, re- regional director, not regional the Regional director, just two regional words. Director. I keep wanting to throw a program director in there. You know, that are make you an executive. So you're an executive program director. One day, hey. It's regional director, it's regional director. Yeah, I'm just going to say director. That's good. That's even, perfect. Even simple. Welcome, everyone, to the Reinvent Relevance podcast, where we dive headfirst into what it takes to move your career from where you are to where you want to be. We call this reinventing your relevance, embracing the winds of change to do the work worth doing. I'm your host, Jason Mutzfeld, and joining me today is Dwan Wilcher. He is a director at the Travis Mannion Foundation, and he's also a naval officer. Uh, He was a full-time naval officer, now he's in the reserves, and we run into this a lot. We work with clients, and Juan has been a client of ours. Uh, thank you for that. And he has um, transitioned successfully from full-time military service to the civilian life. We run into a lot of that in our line of work, and we thought we'd bring him on to talk with everyone about what that was like to move from yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, to the world of corporate America. So, Duan, thank you again for joining us. I, I appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to the conversation. Awesome. Well, so you transferred your career from naval officer to a civilian regional director of a major nonprofit. Uh, what has been the my, most eye-opening part of that experience? What 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 can you what can you share about that transition? I would say the most eye-opening experience is the fact that I didn't expect that I would be here. Uh, And the reason why I say that is because we normally have our own plans of what it looks like uh, for us when we transition out of the military. And for me, that meant that I wanted to get out of the military active duty uh, so that I can be what's called a social impact consultant. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I was in Chicago and I had a few consulting firms that I can go bang on their doors and talk to some managing directors to ask them, is there some interest in having a social impact vertical who can I talk to? What skill sets do I need to develop so that you can consider me to be on the team? Uh, and I'll tell you, four out of four, they told me that they have gotten rid of their social impact vertical at the time wow. uh, because it just wasn't profitable for them. Hmm. Uh, but lo and behold, Travis Mannion Foundation was looking to expand it to Chicago and the a managing director of one of the consulting firms um, reached out to me and said, hey, I know we talked last week about this opportunity. But here's another one I think that you'd be well suited for. Um, I applied for the opportunity and here I am today. I think the point that I like to underscore there is, you know, our plan is not always the plan that we envision. Uh, The plan that we envision is not necessarily the plan that it's going to be. And so that kind of flexibility is what led me to be successful in that transition. And I'll also say networking and serendipity really, really played a huge role in that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Networking. We always we always say that social, you know, they talk about social hiring it's really social job seeking. It is that network will be what gets you a job. So that, that's great to hear. Uh, now tell us a little bit about the Travis Mannion Foundation, what exactly it does and how that aligns with, with your background. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Travis Mannion Foundation is a bettering service organization. Uh, and what we seek to do is seek and empower military veterans, first responders and the like 
um, to lean into them and their character and, and life experiences to be positive role models in their own community, teaching character and leadership curriculum that we developed that's rooted in the concept of positive psychology. Mm. So at the end of the day, my role has two heavy lifts. I am responsible for seeking out veterans groups through, whether that's through corporate ERGs, VFWs, et cetera, and then also finding youth groups who find interest in connecting with, you know, great character individuals who, who like to engage with their youth and, and lead from the front. So, and then I pair them together. So that's my heavy lift and that's the work of TMF. It, it resonates with me on a personal level um, from Gary, Indiana. And ultimately at the end of the day, you know, sometimes in some communities, um, positive role models can come at a shortage. And so it means a lot to me that I can be in a position to, to be a good representative for people who can see themselves in me uh, and so that I can also encourage them to be be great in their own life. That's awesome. Yeah, it's vitally important in society that we have that sort of social focus because let's face it, youth coming up today in, in all walks of life, uh, especially those in, in urban environments and even in rural environments all across the country, uh, there's a lot of disruption right now and they're scared, kids are scared. And being that positive role model and that focusing on positive psychology, that's good work. Uh, so we appreciate that. We appreciate you for your military service, but even more so for your social service. Thanks, sir. <laughs> so, um, so tell us mentorship. It obviously meant a lot to you uh, to get you where you are today. How is how is it? How did it impact you both in the Navy and in civilian life? Uh, and how is it? How have you used that to your benefit? Well, um, I'll try to take this question in parts. Okay. Mentorship and how it affected me in the Navy. I was able to connect with some people who'd been in the Navy for twice as long as I had been. Uh, and I was able to ask them some real questions about the prospects of my own career in the military. Could I be able to achieve the certain goals that I wanted to achieve? And this is not necessarily about career milestones um, because I, th that's, it's not a given, but I have the chops to do that. It was more so about the impact that I can make uh, as I'm serving the country, the impact that I can make with my shipmates uh, inside the Navy and, and beyond. Um, and that kind of mentorship and that raw com those raw conversations really helped to shape the narrative of who I wanted to be and how I can achieve that. So as I got ready to transition, um, I had to do the same thing. I had to find mentors to ask them some real questions to figure out how did you achieve the goals that you wanted to achieve? First of all, have you achieved the goals that you wanted to achieve? And if not, why is that? Were you thrown off your course? What threw you off your course? What would you have done differently or better? These are questions I ask my mentors all the time. And I, I also ask them very clearly, what weaknesses do you see in me that can throw me off my course? And how can I get better before that catches me? Um, that's almost an annual question I ask my personal board of directors is what I call them. Uh, I ask them. What might I be missing right now? Going into 20, into 2021, it's going to be a different conversation with them because 2020 has thrown us all off our block in a different way. So uh, mentorship is critically important so that you can allow someone else to see, that, that, to help you see the forest through the trees. Yeah. You know, my life is right in front of me and I think I know what I'm doing. I think I know what's coming around the corner, but it makes sense to ask someone who's been around the corner or who is around that bend and they can say, hey, look out for that pothole. Hey, 
that that stop sign is covered by the tree, so make sure you slow down. Things like that, you know, you oh, don't yeah. want to get caught. So, yeah, and that's vital to get that outside opinion. I, I mean, yeah, there are things we'll miss if we're just focused in on ourselves and think we can do it all ourselves. Absolutely. You know, teamwork makes the dream work, as they say. Uh, so, yeah, making those vital connections and then being a mentor yourself. I mean, that's, you know, and helping mentorship in society. That's that's fantastic. Um, so you've grown in your 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 role at Travis Manion into leadership. At what is some of the most valuable lessons you've learned in that process of growing inside an NPO, being outside of the military, where where everything in the military, you have a, a set career path, whereas in organizations, it's a little more free form. So yeah. how did that work for you? What, what have you been most proud of your time there and, and as, as you've gone through this process? Because you should be justly proud of what you've accomplished. Thank you. I will take the last question first and just say the thing that I'm most proud of and I want to give credit to uh, the Navy for actually building this in me is creating a leader who is, you know, defined by integrity, mm -hmm. who can communicate crisply uh, what what outcomes should be uh, and who who leans into learning agility. Mm -hmm. um, those things I really learned from the Navy. So taking that into the work that I do at Travis Manion Foundation, mm -hmm. majority of the staff there. Uh, like I told you, we're a veteran service organization. So most of us are connected to the military community in some form or fashion. And so we kind of understand the culture that kind of comes along with that. So that's a, that was to a benefit for me, mm -hmm. because as I communicate crisply in this organization, it's not received as terse as it might be in other organizations, mm -hmm. uh, as well as the ability for the organization to be patient with me as I learn the ropes that lead that lead that learning agility that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm very proud of that. So uh, I would say that that's what I've learned is that if you're going to transition into a new career, you've got to understand the, the value that you already bring to the table. In my case, it was communication. It was leadership agility, learning agility. Uh, and then you have to understand that you don't know everything. So you have to be humble and be willing to admit when you don't know something. Yes. In some cultures, that is very taboo to say, I don't yeah. know. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have to then consider, is that a culture that you want to be connected to? Yeah. Um, for me, that was a no. I had to be connected to a culture that was okay with me being open to say, hey, let's slow this down. Hey, I need more time. Hey, I don't know what's being asked of me or how to, how to get this accomplished. Mm -hmm. And then you'll learn, or I've learned, that in some cases, none of us do. And so we all have to come to the table and yeah. figure it out together. So, yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, because you're absolutely right. Being able to humble yourself to instruction and being humble enough to say, I don't know, is really a source of confidence. I know I know in my life, it, it wasn't until I discovered true humility and understanding how to be humble that I was willing to be more confident about who I actually was. I mean, cause you can really, you really get yourself down because you're like, I don't know everything. Well, you don't have to, <laughs> that's what a mm -hmm. team is about. That, that you that's spot exactly on. right. Yeah, that, that's great. So, and that really speaks back to the mentorship. Uh, now, how did you find some of the mentors? Was it through informational interviews? Uh, what, what advice would you have for people who are looking to get that sort of mentorship who are willing to humble themselves to ask for assistance ask just for information even how, how would you what sort of advice would you give and, and the how first you, thing i will say that? is don't discount dumb luck uh <laughs> honestly yeah some of the people that i've got gotten connected to uh it's it's just been lucky um that they number one saw something in me 
that they wanted to to kind of pour into and that I was receptive to. Uh, but but aside from the dumb luck, here here's the reality. When you're networking with people, you don't know who they know, what they know, and how they can contribute to your life, nor how you can contribute to theirs. So you need to treat every first impression just as importantly as you would treat a job interview. You get one shot to make a first impression. It doesn't matter uh, if it's at a coffee shop. It doesn't matter if you're walking down the street and you bump into someone. You need to be on your A game. Yes, that can be stressful. I understand that. But at the same time, if you if you practice being on your A game, it kind of comes a little bit more effortlessly. And what I mean by that is, you know, be your authentic self, you know, be able to keep your emotions in, in check, be able to articulate your thoughts clearly to people and also the things that you want to aspire to do. Because ultimately, when you find mentors, they connect with you based on what you say you want to do. If Jason, you told me, hey, I really want to figure out how to become a director, uh, be, be a nonprofit and do mentorship work. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I can help you. Yeah. But if you tell me, hey, Jason, I really, you know, I really got this dollar and I want to turn into a million in the stock market. <laughs> I, I've got nothing for you. I, I can't help you there. So mm-hmm. be able to articulate who you are, who you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this might come across as a surprise to some people, but do a little research. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was getting out of the military, I started to really look into what career paths could suit me and who on LinkedIn, on Google, et cetera, who is doing that job right now? And then a step further, this might be a little taboo. What kind of events are they going to? Might I see them at this mixer? I don't know. I'm going to sign up for this mixer. And if I see them, I'm going to walk up to them. I'm going to introduce myself and have a conversation. So those those are some of the, the things that I would I would definitely recommend for people. Yeah, that that's great. And it, it truly is. That's interesting you said about... Uh, having a mentor is also about enriching their lives as much as it is enriching yours. I I'd never actually thought of it that way, but that, that's, a very, that's a great insight. I had not considered the fact that the mentor-mentee relationship is truly a two-way street. It is symbiotic yeah. for sure. Yeah, that is fantastic. Uh, so, so what advice would you have now for, let's say you're a uh, uh, a non-commissioned officer or you're an officer in, in a military branch and you're, you're thinking about transitioning out right now in the middle of uh, one of the most hectic job markets we've seen in a long time. Uh, but you want to capitalize on the leadership, the teamwork, uh, the communication skills, all the, the, the solid professional skills you learn in a branch of the military. Uh, how would you, what advice would you give for them to help them network, find those mentors, get plugged in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, First of all, the the number one advice is to be encouraged. This is a tough job market right now. This is a suboptimal time to transition into uh, the civilian workforce. But that does not mean that you can't do it successfully. It just means that you have to be more diligent. You have to be more deliberate. uh, And then you have to work harder for it. You just you just do. So after, you know, you're encouraged, um, I think that you should really start to reach out to people who are doing the things that you want to do uh, and then setting yourself up for success. Before you transition out of the military, understand what money looks like on the other side. This is a really big issue with transitioning. It doesn't matter if you're officer, enlisted, whatever. When you're transitioning, you need to understand that your money will not be the same. And for you to be adequately prepared for that, start saving your money. 
the first and the 15th is not going to be what it used to be when you're in the military. So start yeah. saving your money. Um, once you do that, that opens up the opportunity for you to take uh, take some risks. If you've got money in the bank, you can afford to take a, a, a job that has high potential, but it pays a little less mm-hmm. as opposed to taking a job that's kind of a dead end and you're not in, in, you know, but you're getting paid very well. Moreover, know your story and know your work. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you, you can get caught up in the titles. Don't. Don't get caught up in the titles thinking that, oh, I separated as, an, as, an, as a senior chief. That means I need to be a senior manager director at a corporate level organization, or I separated as a, a Navy captain or even a, a rear admiral. That means that I must be at a, you know, a managing director of a Fortune 100 company. No, it doesn't. In fact, you too have to learn again. You know, you have to understand that there is two dip, uh, there there are two different types of, of mindsets. You know, you got you got your fluid intelligence and you got your crystallized intelligence. Hmm. The older you get, the more crystallized your intelligence becomes, but that's yeah. a value to you. You can synthesize information more quickly, you can articulate more easily, et cetera, et cetera. But you aren't able to really adjust as easily. You're not, you aren't as agile as someone who's 35 doing it again. So be encouraged, know your worth and know your value, and network, net, network your butt off. That's what you gotta do. Yep. So that's you know, and that's truly that that advice rings true for anyone trying to reinvent themselves. And that's truly what it is. When you're you've essentially lost an entire uh, career uh, when you move out of a service branch into the nonprofit world, the enterprise world, you know, even even entrepreneurship, it's totally different. So that that's that's fantastic advice. Well, finally, I, I want to close this up by just just asking you personally, what what are you excited about for the future? Uh, how will you? Now that you've been through this transition yourself, and you're 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 kind of, kind of crested it, and you're into the you're going into the dip as they speak, so where you can you can start to reinvent yourself again. What will you be taking away from all that you've done now, and how will you reinvent yourself in the future? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I'm paying a lot of attention to what's happening in the world right now, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about ways that I can tap in and be of service as well. Again, while my reinventions, because there will be more than two or three, my reinventions can be in different industries, but my North Star will remain the same. And that's to be of service. Um, For me, that helps me to kind of identify different opportunities that I want to tap into. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I continue to have conversations about things that I should learn, schools that I might need to attend, uh, certifications that I might need to get. Um, so that I can be ahead of the curve and be of service and serve my true North Star. I am excited. I'm very excited about the light at the end of the tunnel. Good. If we take 2020 and look at it, you know, in a vacuum, we can, mm-hmm. most of us can say 2020 sucked. Yeah. Unless you are in, yeah. you know, the tech world or you work for Zoom yeah. or you work for, <laughs> yeah, you know, any of those up. companies <laughs> where they, where, you know, yeah. where their stock yeah. just, just soared. Uh, but for the most part, you know, 2020 was a rough one. Yeah. Uh, and it's easy to kind of get down on yourself to think about how mm-hmm. bad it was. But at the same time, a true leader would tell you, hey, if it's dark now, it's going to be light later. So yeah. look forward to the light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm excited for that. 
that's great. You know, yeah, it's that missional focus that having a mission in your life, uh, service or whatever it is in just having that to pull you forward, not just sometimes push you, <laughs> but also right. pull you forward like a compass. That's great. Well, Dwan, thank you again for joining us today. I, I really do appreciate talking to you. You, you. It's been a fantastic, it's been a fantastic story as you've shared. And hopefully someone will will take away from, from this that this truly is of all the different industries out there, you know, this is just one. And people go through this and hopefully they'll take your advice and get a mentor, make those connections, network your butt off <laughs> and find that it. North Star. So but thank you again. So Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate our time together. Our pleasure. So, well, thank you everyone for joining us today. We, if you want to find out more how you can take your career and take charge of it and take it to the next level, visit our website, reach out to us on LinkedIn or find us on social media. Please like and share this content if you found it helpful and referrals are our favorite form of compliment and support. So st everyone stay safe, uh, stay sane, and we will talk to you real soon.